Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Asheville Regional Airport. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. By Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus, built with the zero landfill promise. All waste is recycled or reused, with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. You'll be at the top of the city as you experience Asheville's history and scenic beauty, historic landmarks, and award-winning rooftop bars. Transportation is provided with tours offered daily, year-round. Find out more at AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. By RomanticAsheville.com. Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Welcome to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, on the iHeartRadio app, Buzzsprout, Pandora, Amazon. When you Google Speaking of Travel, you'll find us. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, helpful tips, and travel stories from people who seize the opportunity to reflect on their travel memories and share the benefits of getting outside their comfort zone. Because you see, you must be willing to take risks, whether they're big or small, to really gradually move in the direction of your dreams. Your response to life's uncertainties determines your level of inner growth, especially during periods of uncertainty. My guest today is Sarah Barrick, who began traveling at age five and has traveled to five continents. As a child traveler, she learned not to be afraid of new things, but rather how enjoying new things is really a joy. Today, Sarah works remotely as a business development consultant and voiceover artist in Asheville, North Carolina. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for being on Speaking of Travel. Oh, it's so great to be here, Marilyn. Thank you so much for the invite. Well, thank you. And Sarah, you began traveling at a very, very young age. Give us a little idea of what kind of influence that had on you as you were growing up. Absolutely. My dad, Marilyn, was really big on traveling. And he was the kind of dad that liked to take the kids with him. And I would notice that I'm the youngest of three. So very young, it started with, we grew up in the Northeast in New Jersey, we would go to Boston and Washington DC and Williamsburg. And uh, we went to the Canadian Expo, lots of driving uh, trips. And then um, at about age five or six, 
was my first airplane ride from New York to California on a prop plane that took about eight hours. And that was an amazing trip. It was just, you know, for me at, at that age, because I think the youngest may pick up, may observe different things. And then uh, a few years after that, at about nine, um, my mom was a school teacher. Um, so she had summers off. We went to uh, Europe and we did that three years in a row. We went to England and France. And what, what, really shaped me there were a few things. The One of the reasons for England was friends of the family were living there and working there. So that was introduced to me very early on. I saw apartments that were rented. Also in uh, Paris, my mother had a school teacher friend who was a French teacher who was in France for the for the uh, the summer, and we saw her apartment and her kids were there. So for me, the world looked small at a young age, and that was really cool. On the other side of the fence is that anyone that travels either short distances or long distances, it doesn't always go smoothly. <laughs> you hit a rough patch, particularly internationally, but even if you go to uh, the next county, something can occur. And I think, again, my dad, with his love of travel and him being a very quick thinker and creative thinker, I'm thinking about a time now in England, we had rented a car and it broke down. And he's driving on the left side of the road. I give him a lot of kudos for that. I myself, many years later, did that in Australia. Not easy, yet enjoyable, interesting. And the car broke down. We're in the English countryside. He calmly gets out. He flags down another car, explains the situation. And within a half an hour, a very nice uh, mechanic came, fixed the car, and off we went. There wasn't any, there wasn't really, a, there was a problem, and it got fixed. The focus, the energy was on it being fixed. So I definitely see that in my adult life as well, whether I'm traveling or not. So you you have this incredible influence of traveling from an early, early time. Give us an idea of uh, how you, let's say, forged your path as you grew into an adult with all of this life experience within you. I guess that, that's a great question. And I guess it would be... Um, that I could take matters into my own hands and have an idea, particularly around travel and realize it. I'm, I'm thinking of a story of when I was about 12, my grandparents used to spend the winters in Florida. And I watched how my dad made airline reservations. In those days you called and booked the ticket over the phone. So at 12, I called an airline and booked a ticket to Florida because I wanted to visit my grandparents. I didn't realize there was a point where you were asked to pay. <laughs> so I, 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 I approached my dad and said, you know, I'm trying to book a ticket to Florida to visit grandma and grandpa, but they need a credit card. And he gave me a, the first look on his face was like, what? And then he realized, oh, she wants to go visit. And he asked me a few very direct questions, did, treated me like an adult. He got on the phone and gave the, the, um, the credit card number and I went. <laughs> um, then it began to be traveling with friends and a lot of traveling on my own, frankly, as well, which I enjoy. So I guess um, 
realizing, you know, it, it was possible. And again, you know, that first trip to England, I think was of, uh, uh, for at nine. I remember the first night looking like on my tiptoes, getting to peer out the window of, of the hotel. The taxis were different. They're driving on the other side of the road. People are dressed different. And it was little things. Back home, I was allowed to walk to the candy store on my own. So I remember asking him, hey, I'd like to go to the candy store down the street from the hotel. Is that okay? My mother kind of was like, mm, I don't. He said, sure, just come right back. That was an extremely liberating moment <laughs> for me. That is incredible. I'm a kid, nine. I know where I'm going. I'm going to go back. He trusts me. They both trust me, both my parents. And I got, I got a new candy I never saw before. I gave them the money. The money was different. Their accents were different. It was all so wonderful and strange, yet I was doing an everyday normal thing. I love that. And it sounds like you were really comfortable in your skin, too, that you had enough kind of behind you because you had this trust and uh, the, the the encouragement too from your parents to yes. be yourself to to be independent and it sounds like that has been your mo ever since it's it it, it really has and i'm so grateful to both of them for that because a, a lot of a lot of uh uh, a lot of kids don't get that experience or that trust. And I, I mean, it, my dad would be the one that would say, have fun. And my mom would follow up with go safely. And if I had to crystallize it, that's a great way to travel. Have fun, be safe, go safely, be smart. I would say that's a good, those are good lessons to remember just living our lives. Agreed right? Yes. Well, Sarah, you have so much, um, uh, so much behind you. What are you doing now? Give us, give us a quick idea of what you're, what you're into. Right. Not traveling at the moment. Uh, travel, well, <laughs> getting to know where I am much better, which is fun. It doesn't matter how far you go. Uh, I, you know, I work uh, remotely. I've been doing that since 2005. So it really doesn't matter where I am. And um, uh, so I, I just heard a, an interesting uh, new term called location independent work, which is, I, I don't know where this term came from, but I, I've been doing this anyway for 15 years. So uh, talking to a lot of international friends on WhatsApp, and finding out what's happening with them, and exploring beautiful Asheville in Western North Carolina. Well, Sarah, when we come back from the break, I, I'd like to find out what your friends are talking about on WhatsApp, what you're finding out, what's going on uh, globally. You've been to like five continents and uh, certainly know your way around the, the globe. So thank you so much. It's really exciting to be here, and I can definitely see and hear why voiceover work for you uh, <laughs> is right up your alley. Thank you. Well, thank you. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I'm here today with Sarah Barrick, and we will be right back. Hi, this is Kay. At Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, we put you in the middle of experiencing Asheville like no one else can. With an expert guide by your side, you'll have an all-access pass to what makes Asheville so unique. Our sense of place, history, and awe. 
along with great food and drinks and spectacular views. We follow safety protocols on every tour. Come experience why TripAdvisor awarded our company the 2020 Traveler's Choice Award, placing us in the top 10% of attractions worldwide. To learn more about us and our award-winning tours, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here today with Sarah Barrick, and we are talking about traveling from an early age, what's going on today, being able to really go deep into uh, looking, really, Sarah, looking back and looking at today, and all those experiences have brought you where you are. Yes, and we were talking about how with not traveling now, how WhatsApp has come in, because um, a, a lot of my travels as an adult has taken me to places such as Indian for ashrams and yoga and Europe. Uh, and uh, uh, other places in Asia, Japan, Thailand. Uh, so the friendships formed either by f- other travelers or people local to the area are some of the nearest and dearest to me. These Many of these people are chosen family. And they're there and always with me. Yet when the pandemic uh, was happening, more concerns, particularly what we heard a lot about Europe. So suddenly I began reaching out to people on a much more regular basis and we would have video chats and I would hear what was happening there and just to reconnect with people where we first met in a foreign land or in another place was was very nice. And I continue, I, I try once a day to go somewhere Uh, to your point, to an Italian friend or to a friend in Thailand or some Americans who are still in India. They've decided to, to say, you know, to hang on and stay just to hear what their experience is and how they're faring. And, and, you know, they're asking the same. So it, it, it helps my heart to get through this time. It does. And being able to recognize as you did at a very early age, that, we are all one community. We are all one tribe. You know, the the people that you met as a child and recognized as you were talking about going into their homes, meeting their parents, playing with them outside, these were just people. But the circumstances of their life was different. How do you how do you bring that into your own uh, your own life of being able to step out and and have a feeling of inclusiveness. Ah, yeah, for sure. Um, what you speak is is really profound, Marilyn, because uh, everyone is unique, and I I approach it as that. It's not better or worse or higher or lower. We are all uniquely unique, beautifully unique, perfectly unique. So that's going to bring differences. I'm interested 
in the differences. I want to see, I want to learn about them. I'll, if, if it feels comfortable, I'll go as so far as to ask someone further about their customs or their beliefs or why they do certain things, certain holidays. Diwali is happening this week, the Festival of Lights, a beautiful holiday. I somehow feel um, part of it because many of the places that I've gone to, I, I don't, I feel like I'm part of the place. I merge with it. And that is a huge difference from simply being a visitor or a tourist. I feel like I'm part of it. If it's the candy store man from England or a, a particular uh, a coffee shop or, or supermarket that I'm visiting, when I see the same people over and over, I will interact. And I'm curious, I want to know. And they do too. It's a cultural exchange. It is. It's a universal exchange. And yes. what you were saying about um, being a part of it, that is such a beautiful concept because, you know, we, I think culturally, a lot of times uh, there are too many barriers being built based on maybe propaganda or um, uh, just people are, are fearful we don't know them. We don't know their culture or their traditions. That's and right. so we're going to not be a part of it and be separate. When in reality, as you have found this profound influence of actually interacting and being a part of, you're able to recognize that we are all looking for the same things. Like That's you right. said, safety, family all of that what what about these friendships you were talking about the friends that you have all over when you when you first go to a place you're not familiar with um maybe you know the the culture um maybe you have to spend a little bit of time fitting in but sure. then you meet people how do you feel when you uh have first connected and no, this is a lifelong friendship happening right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, there's something about fellow travelers. Um, uh, I, it, it's, it, it, it can somehow be beyond words. Uh, right now, I'm thinking of a, of a French woman who had recently lost her husband. And we happened to be sharing a, a, a table at a coffee shop. And she you know, I was friendly, I was inviting and welcoming, and, and she was as well. And she began to tell me many personal things. And her sharing was, it, it, it was just a brief moment in time, and yet um, a very nice sharing. And we exchanged um, uh, emails, and we did keep in touch. There was just, uh, I guess, when traveling, one can pick up on energies more quickly and realize, ah, yes, this is this is a good synergy. I will, I would like to continue with this. Yeah, and it can happen any time at any moment in any situation. So one can be on the lookout for it or not. It will happen eventually. Yeah. Well, what I was uh, when I was talking earlier about getting out of your comfort zone and sometimes traveling really helps not only get out of your comfort zone in regard to my feet are in a different place, but also just what you were just talking about, yes. that reaching out. Yes. 
here's an opportunity, here's somebody that I don't know. And I would imagine, Sarah, that you bring that into your life, whether you're traveling or not, whether you're sitting at a coffee shop in Asheville or <laughs> anywhere else, right? Yeah, that that's true, because I guess at some point, uh, after so many years of traveling, the lines get blurred. Uh, I suppose I could really say with no doubt, I travel every day, even if I never leave the house. <laughs> I think that's an important concept for everybody to remember, especially as we're uh, as we have moved along our journey this year with so many changes and transitions and and really having to maybe go on an inner journey. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Have you found that to be true for you? I I have. I have. And a lot of my trips were about purposely making inner journeys as well, which makes this situation where an inner journey is rather uh, happening, forced upon for one's safety, uh, easier in a lot of ways. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Sarah, what, what do you foresee for your, for your near future? You work remotely. You do a lot of really uh, fun things, I'm sure, with your voiceover work and your consulting. Where do you see yourself moving uh, as, as we continue on this path? Well, I'm definitely very grateful for the voiceover work and consulting because it has continued through this for the most part. There's been some changes and yet I'm used to that, yet you know, I can still go forward with that. I really am looking, I'm going to hunker down in Asheville this winter and it will be a beautiful time. I'll continue to reach out to my friends. I've started looking at some websites and some possibilities, perhaps some travel in spring, if that feels right. Yet, um, uh, staying here, staying at Asheville is beautiful, so it's going to be fine. Yeah. I love that. Is there a way that people can get more information, get some info about you, see what you're up to? Oh, yes, there is. Um, I do have a website uh, for my voiceover. It's uh, myname.com, which is S-A-R-A-B-A-R-R-A-C-K.com. And you can hear some of my voiceover work and contact me there. And uh, that would be great. Well, we'll look forward to that, Sarah, and I'd love to have you back in 2021 so that we can catch up and see where you are and uh, hear more of your beautiful voice because... Oh, I would love that, Marilyn. Thank you so much. It is such a gift. Well, thank you, Sarah, for being on the show today. All right. Well, we've been talking about uh, traveling, trying new things, getting out of your comfort zone. Maybe you're thinking it's time for a relaxing escape. Well, why not think about staying someplace with more value, more attention, and maybe even an exciting history? Why not stay at a bed and breakfast? You know, innkeepers are going out of their way right now to make you feel even more comfortable and safe. Find out what you can expect these days and how local B&Bs are retaining their warm and cozy vibes with Diane Rogers, owner of the Pinecrest Bed and Breakfast and marketing chair of the Asheville Bed and Breakfast Association. Stay tuned. Are you ready to plan your next vacation or staycation to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains? 
Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com is a 900-page online guide covering a nearly 100-mile radius around Asheville, North Carolina. Fall is here, making this the perfect time to explore all the many safe and memorable adventures found across Western North Carolina. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. I've been trying to keep sane these days by upping my game and focusing on some rest and relaxation. You know, a little R&R never hurt anyone, and... I think everyone needs a break sometime, even those of us who thrive on being busy and love what we're doing. One of my favorite ways to relax and refresh is to go stay at a bed and breakfast. Staying at a bed and breakfast is a completely different experience when you compare it to a typical hotel stay, and I really feel like I'm on a vacation. Here in Western North Carolina, a number of bed and breakfast inns are reinventing themselves to serve their community and stay afloat during these times. And that's good news. So to find out how local inns are finding new ways to adapt to a changing industry is my guest, Diane Rogers, owner of the Pinecrest Bed and Breakfast, and she's also the Asheville Bed and Breakfast Association Marketing Chair. And Diane, it is such a pleasure to have you on the show today. I'm thrilled to be here and represent the association. Well, Diane, tell us about the association. I know it's been around for a long time. I know the association is a partner with RomanticAsheville.com. Give us a little background on how the organization came to be. So it um, it was founded over 20 years ago, and we still have one of our original members. And membership ebbs and flows based on the, you know, changing seasons. At the moment, we have 14 members, um, but we're really here to support each other. Um, we work on collective marketing. We refer guests that we can't accommodate to each other. And um, it really is the case of um, best practices. And I mean, we found that to definitely be the case now in the, in the, with the global pandemic surrounding us all, it is so important to have someone in your circle that you can bounce ideas off. We all do better when we all do better. I know there's a certain amount of, I mean, there has to be some competitiveness to be in this business, but at the end of the day, it is a rising tide raising our boats. And I firmly believe that, or I would never spend as much time as I do as a volunteer for this organization. Let me ask you this. When earlier in the year, when it was obvious there was a big change happening, how did you kind of regroup? How did you all kind of regroup together? Well, we, like like everyone else, we canceled our in-person meetings. We all learned how to Zoom. We almost all immediately closed. We didn't really need to wait for any kind of mandates. It was, it was pretty obvious on March 16th was the day the world stopped traveling. And um, it really, we were handling cancellations and um, everyone kind of took a deep breath and we were all, I think everyone was a little frightened, but we, it didn't take us very long 
to like start regrouping and knowing that this too would end and that at some point in time we would reopen and we wanted to position ourselves in the best possible light to reopen. So um, we spent a lot of time looking over all the kinds of um, information coming out of the CDC and our local health department, the um, AHLA, which um, all the big hotels came out with cleaning protocols, the U.S. Travel Association. So some really big players. And we kind of dissected down the information and, and made it applicable to the kinds of properties we have. We're not large. All of us are very small. We do have one property that has an elevator, but like some of the some of the protocols just didn't make sense for the kind of properties we run, which are very intimate experiences. Um, we all had to adapt. I mean, plenty of our ends, one of the collective experiences at our B&Bs is a breakfast together. And we, we really embraced that pre-COVID. And you would have guests that are exchanging ideas and where should we go and what should we do? And all of that, all of that had to suddenly stop. I had a big table with 10. I now have people, my parlor now is has bistro tables. And, and one of them sits in front of the window and it's such a lovely view. And so there's good things that can come out of all the changes that we made. So some inns went to a staggered breakfast so that they could accommodate, especially when we reopened, the weather was so nice. A lot of inns had breakfasts on their, um, if they have big porches. I happen to offer breakfast on my terrace, my terrace, I, my property slopes, but hardy souls would like to go down those steps and we're happy to carry your breakfast and coffee and anything you need down there to you. So we've really just had to like each change that has come collectively get together and figure out what are we going to do to adapt to the conditions as they are right now? And what are some of the ways that people have adapted? I know you, you mentioned a few in shifting out a big table to a smaller table, but what are some of the other ways that some of the other B&Bs have maybe changed up their protocols? I think everyone is concerned about air quality these days. So we have Cumberland Falls. They, they were one of the first ones to put HEPA air purifiers in all their rooms and common areas. I know some of the other ends have, that have whole house systems have adapted to address air quality. Chestnut Street Inn decided, um, you know, the big breakfast is not going to work for us anymore. And they make breakfast picnics baskets. And they, ha- they have a lot of local purveyors that get pastries from the Rue and um, they make their own yogurt from Mills River Dairy. And so that all these super interesting breakfast products are in their baskets. The guests can take them on a picnic. They can have them in their room. They can have them on the porch. Some uh, Princess Anne and Wildberry Lodge both introduced um, charcuterie boards and cheese boards. There might have been a time when some of the inns had uh, like a wine happy hour and self-serves plated hors d'oeuvres well now there's a period of time that nobody was doing any kind of self-serve like buffets are out kind of a thing and so they offered charcuterie and cheese plates to their guests Wildberry Lodge also has a fire pit for s'mores and they are a little bit out from the city so they might want to just stay out there and not come back into the city for dinner or whatever and so it's great that they can have their dessert out there around I mean who doesn't love a good fire in the fall with s'mores 
I mean, we can all be a kid again then. And Bent Creek Lodge is doing bring your picnic back. So guests that want to order takeout, because it can be challenging. We all know, I have told my guests, I recommend reservations or takeout or patience, because that is kind of the, what's happening with the, and, and it's through no fault of the restaurants, but with the capacity limitations, takeout is sometimes a really great option. So Bent Creek has Bring Your Picnic Back. They have plates, utensils, cloth napkins, and sodas. I have partnered with um, a local restaurant, Chiesa. Call and order your food. Dan and I will go and get it. We'll plate it. We'll serve it. And you can have it on the terrace or that lovely table in the parlor. And it's just a really um, way to support a local restaurant. And somebody then does, they can have that experience of a fine dining but they don't have to worry about who's wearing a mask and how close am I sitting? And is it going to rain if it's a patio? And is it going to be too cold outdoors? So we're just trying to adapt and address things as they come up. I have always loved the bed and breakfast industry. It's always a winner. Whenever you go to a bed and breakfast, you always have a winning experience. And it's very refreshing to realize that the people who are invested in the bed and breakfast industry are doing their part to keep us safe and keep us happy. How can we get more information? Right. We have a website that is AshevilleBBA.com. You can follow us on Instagram at AVLBBA or find us on Facebook, AshevilleBBA as well. And um, if you if you click through and find any in Call them. They can help you. If they don't have what you need, they can point you in the right direction and refer to one of the other uh, 13 ends because we probably have something for everyone. I love that. And I, I feel that it's such a great staycation idea. Like I said in the intro, I love just going and staying at a bed and breakfast and having that experience that's not my home. It's like being at home with none of the work. I love that. Well, Diane, thank you so much for for being here on Speaking of Travel. We're all looking forward to coming to visit you and the other members of your association. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, with the holidays right around the corner, many people are wondering if it's going to be safe to even get home, much less fly home. So get the facts as you think about your travel plans and how to keep yourself safe, be prepared for air travel. Coming up next with Tina Kinsey of the Asheville Regional Airport. We'll be right back. It's crisp, it's clean, it's cool, and it's here. Fall is in the air. While the brisk breeze billows through the kaleidoscope of colors cascading across the mountains, there is no better time to get out and explore the breathtaking beauty that our backyard has to offer. Adventure is the name of the game. What better to kick off in than a symmetrical all-wheel drive Subaru to take you through whatever terrain you wish to tackle? Adventure is waiting, and the choice is yours. Discover the beauty of all-wheel drive at Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road, Nashville, or visit us online at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. I have a good friend who recently made a reservation for a long international flight to see her family for the holidays. 
It's a risk she's willing to take. She and her husband bought medical-grade masks. They're getting tested. They're quarantining from family members until the results come through. They're making their choices. So if you decide flying somewhere for the holidays is for you, remember to be sensible before and after getting on the plane. Wear your mask, social distance, wash your hands a lot. Try not to check a bag because you don't want to have to wait in a crowd to get your luggage. As we've talked about, if we're compliant and the airlines and airports are compliant, the risk is low to travel by air. And here with some really great tips to make your trip as safe as possible is Tina Kinsey, Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development at the Asheville Regional Airport. And Tina, it's always so nice to have you on Speaking of Travel and keep us up to date in what's going on in the aviation industry. Well, it's always great to be here. You know, I enjoy it every single week, Marilyn. Well, Tina, there's always something to talk about. That's what's wonderful and different is that we have to keep current because the times, they are changing very quickly, right? They are. And I feel like like the rest of the world for many months, most of this year, we've been talking about COVID-19 and just how to navigate life while we all deal with this pandemic and, you know, some really good, solid ways to do that have been created. And so it's been great to have a platform with you to talk that through as we continue to make enhancements and see the studies that are coming out. And um, so it's great to be here to talk about uh, safe travel during the holidays. Well, Tina, give us some idea. You know, I checked off the uh, the the classic, what has become a classic now uh, checklist: wear your mask, social distance, wash your hands frequently. Give us a uh, some other ideas since you are really right there at the airport on how we can make sure, be certain that we are being compliant, that we are being responsible, and that we can make our travels safely. Sure. So you mentioned wearing a mask. Uh, All the airlines require use of masks during air travel. So it's just a reality. That is what has to happen if you are going to fly on an airplane. And that, uh, you know, not every airport requires masks, but I believe they all at least recommend masks. We do require that uh, in the airport. That is a state mandate here in North Carolina. Um, And so very first thing, have not just a mask, but perhaps bring a few backup masks as well. Because um, I don't know about you, but wearing a mask for a long period of time, sometimes, uh, you know, you might need to freshen your mask situation. That it can get damp or it can feel uncomfortable. So you might need to put a clean mask on. Um, so that's one tip, you know, just have several with you for the journey. Um, I think it's important to remind travelers, um, you know, we've always had for many years this 3.4 ounces or less rule for liquids that are brought uh, in your carry-on luggage onto an airplane. But in the era of COVID, that rule um, there have there have been some things that have been relaxed. And one thing is that every traveler can bring a larger, uh, I believe it's up to 12 ounce 
bottle of hand sanitizer with them in their carry-on luggage. So, you know, that's a, that's a great tip. Keep that in mind. So you're well stocked for your trip. I usually have some handy wipes. And when I am on the plane, even though they are cleaner than they have ever been, I still wipe, wipe down my seating area, you know, the belt buckle, the tray table, um, any, any parts of my area that I might touch with my hands. And then, you know, another thing that we like to remind folks is avoid touching your face. And that's something that if we just remind ourselves of that, um, it's amazing how you can, you can train yourself not to touch your face. Don't play with your mask you know, uh, really make sure you've got one that fits appropriately. So you're not constantly having to adjust it. So, you know, those are simple things, but they do make a, a big difference. I love that, that we can bring in our, our toolbox, if you will, of what we're going to need the mask. I love that. I hadn't thought about bringing extra masks, but what a great idea to have an extra couple of masks with you so that you can refresh. And you were talking about touchless. I want to talk about that just a little bit about the airport experience when we get to the airport and how things have kind of shifted a little bit so that there there aren't as many risks of touching things when you're there at the airport. That's right. So uh, for a long time, we've uh, airlines have offered mobile check-in, mobile boarding passes. We are highly encouraging passengers to use that option because it does reduce the instances of passing paper back and forth and, um, you know, that kind of interaction. Often you can scan your own phone. You hold on to it while it's being scanned, you know, for your boarding pass. So that's important. You know, for many years, Many public places have had touchless restroom entry, touchless sinks and uh, commodes, you know, those kinds of things. They're automatic. And, you know, there are many reasons for that. And one of them is for health and safety. And so, you know, pay attention to those types of environments and choose ones that that have touchless entry, touchless door entry into public places like airports. Very important. Um, If you don't need to hang on to a uh, guardrail when you're walking, for instance, on a jet bridge or something like that, then don't, Um, you know, don't touch surfaces unless you have to. But rest assured, airports and airlines are frequently cleaning those high touch areas. Um, So, you know, we're doing our part. And everybody needs to be doing their part. And that's why it's so important to bring these reminders out into more of a mainstream situation, because sometimes it seems a little counterintuitive. Oh, I, I have an itch. I need to scratch it on my face after I've been whatever. Now, don't do that. Or Please. use your hand sanitizer first. Oh, absolutely. And so things are different, but it's just going to become part of what we do. And I love the fact that the airlines and the airports are being so safe and helping us. My friend would never have made reservations for a big trip to see her family if she didn't feel that that everything was moving forward to allow a safe experience. 
Well, that's great to hear. And I think it's a, it's a good reminder that it's not just that we're doing our part. It's that the science is showing that these efforts are working. Many studies are now out there that show that air travel is low risk for contracting COVID-19. So that, that gives me comfort. Um, I'm I'm seeing in the numbers that more travelers are feeling more comfortable with the air travel journey and we'll just continue to do our part and be responsible and ready to welcome travelers. Well, thank you so much, Tina, because when we're ready and I think more and more people are getting ready, it's good to know that you're ready. How can we get more information? I know you have a a wonderful website and ways that people can find out more. Sure. So we encourage you to visit us at flyavl.com. You can scroll all the way to the bottom of that homepage, and there's an easy way to sign up for our monthly e-newsletter. We call it Window Seat, and we give lots of tips and information um, in that monthly e-newsletter. And we're also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Well, Tina, thank you so much. We're going to look forward to running into you sometime when we're at the Asheville Regional Airport and look forward to taking our next trip. And you and I, we both are ready, right? That's right. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Tina, for that update. And thanks to Sarah and Diane for joining us today on Speaking of Travel. As we move into another week, it's important to remember we all have choices in our life. We can decide to be positive and choose to live that life every single day. You know, there have been many health benefits linked to an optimistic attitude. And one such benefit comes from reducing the effects of stress. You know, stress is dangerous to the body and is linked to a bunch of health issues. Optimistic people aren't exempt from stress, but you can manage stress more efficiently than being a bummer. And research also suggests that optimistic, happy people live longer. I love that Bobby McFerrin song that reminds us, don't worry, be happy. So begin this week with a clean heart. Happiness comes when you believe in what you're doing, know what you're doing, and love what you're doing. Go out and have some adventure. Make future plans to be with the people you love. Let the good things happen. Because remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. Run!